My name is Heidi Jensen-Harris and I'm an IBD clinical nurse consultant practicing in Queensland. In our sixth episode of our Poo&A series, GP Paresh Dorda and gastroenterologist and senior researcher Dr Emma Flanagan will discuss considerations for people at different ages and stages who are living with IBD. Together they will talk about what IBD can mean for people at a very special time of life, pregnancy and considering pregnancy. Emma will dispel the myth that flares can't occur during pregnancy, they certainly can, but she reassures that when IBD is under control, fertility and pregnancy will likely be normal. Our expert specialists will touch on factors for older people. Family, community and carers can play a significant shared role with clinicians to improve quality of life. Sam Paresh, I'm a GP based in Canberra, as well as doing clinical work. I do a fair bit of uh, academic work and I have adjunct aff affiliations with the University of Canberra and UNSW. Also spend a fair bit of time uh, as an advisor working at the New South Wales Agency for Clinical Innovation around models of care and New South Wales eHealth around use of technology in healthcare really. And I'm the editor-in-chief of BMJ's Integrated Healthcare Journal and um, also manager practice in Canberra. Again, delighted to be here and really looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm a gastroenterologist at St Vincent's Hospital in Melbourne and I've completed a PhD which focused on inflammatory bowel disease in pregnancy and we're conducting ongoing uh, research in this field as well. I currently lead the IBD and pregnancy clinic, which is a specialty clinic we have at St Vincent's Hospital Melbourne for uh, women with inflammatory bowel disease who are pregnant or considering pregnancy. And I also work in the general inflammatory bowel disease clinic at St Vincent. So we're looking at preconception and pregnancy and older people, those different ages and stages and the various issues. What we'll now do is look at our first case study, Emma. Emma has ulcerative colitis. She's studying a master's degree in veterinary medicine and she also works in the city. She's 28 years old. She's recently married and she's considering starting a family. So we'll be considering Emma's fertility needs. I'm going to hand over to Emma. I'll invite Emma to take us through this. Thanks, Emma. Thanks, Paresh. Hearing about what Emma's up to, she had an acute flare of her disease two months before her wedding, requiring admission to hospital. And this necessitated the development of new goals of care for her, a shared care plan and also some medication changes. It was a high stress time for her. She had a, a course of steroids for around eight weeks and she's now currently taking infliximab, azathioprine and mesalazine. And she's heard that it can be challenging to conceive due to her ulcerative colitis, which is causing her some anxiety. A psychological screening has been performed and she's been referred to a psychologist. So her current blood-based investigations show that her liver function tests are normal, uh, her uh, haemoglobin and ferritin are normal, uh, as is her CRP, and her fecal calprotectin to measure uh, inflammation in the bowel is also uh, normal at 35. So what are some of the factors regarding early detection uh, that GPs should be aware of? So in terms of fertility, pregnancy and IBD, this is a common issue and 
sexual health concerns are high in women and men with inflammatory bowel disease because they're often diagnosed during the prime reproductive years. The general rule of thumb is that inflammatory bowel disease, when it's in remission, results in a patient having normal fertility. So the only times we're concerned, particularly about fertility and inflammatory bowel disease, is when a patient's had pelvic surgery, uh, such as pouch surgery. And I think the overall message for patients is, is usually that, you know, once we try to get your inflammatory bowel disease under control, then that's really the goal. And then fertility and, and pregnancy outcomes are generally very good when inflammatory bowel disease is, is under good control. So also to be aware of um, regarding inflammatory bowel disease in pregnancy is that flares can occur during pregnancy. Some people have been told that their disease doesn't flare during pregnancy, but unfortunately, inflammatory bowel disease can flare during pregnancy. And, and often this is related to the amount of disease at the time of conception. And so that's why we really try to advocate for inflammatory bowel disease being in remission prior to pregnancy where possible. If there is a flare, then this would require urgent referral to the treating gastroenterologist um, and also closer follow-up with the obstetrician. It's important to note that uh, IBD therapies shouldn't be stopped and steroids shouldn't be started during pregnancy without discussion with the treating gastroenterologist. And if there is a flare of disease, then extra fetal growth scans are required to monitor the baby's growth rate because active inflammatory bowel disease in pregnancy can be associated with uh, growth restriction. And in general, patients with inflammatory bowel disease can have a vaginal delivery, and that's a discussion that patients have with their obstetrician. But in patients with active perianal Crohn's disease, then the recommendation is for a cesarean section. So what are some of the factors regarding preventative health that uh, GPs should be aware of for patients with IBD in relation to pregnancy? So I think if planned, you know, as we said, ideally um, six months prior to pregnancy, then the patient will have seen their gastroenterologist and their GP, and they'll be up to date in all their preventative health matters. And so this requires foresight and planning. We recommend a review with the treating gastroenterologist at least six months before patients are wanting to conceive. And this means that it can be ensured that vaccinations are up to date and also cervical smears and dysplasia surveillance. And um, in terms of the recommendations for specifically relating to inflammatory bowel disease, uh, infants can't have any live vaccines until um, 12 months of age if the mother was on a biologic medication during the pregnancy. And we also discuss breastfeeding. So the safety of medications in pregnancy and with breastfeeding are, are often a concern to our patients. And um, again, the majority of patients used in inflammatory bowel disease are safe for breastfeeding, again, with the exception of methotrexate. And women should be encouraged to breastfeed uh, where possible. Um, due to the, the benefits for um, mother and baby, uh, as you would know. So let, let's talk about Fred is 82 years old and has Crohn's disease. He lives alone and has many chronic conditions. He also suffers with depression and often forgets to take his medication. We're going to think about Fred's extended care needs.
So, you know, Fred has a daughter who's getting increasingly concerned about Fred's frailty. He's lost a fair bit of weight in the last few months. He's been more withdrawn, degree of confusion. She's noticed bruising on his forearms, his head. You know, he's had at least one fall, but maybe more. She's worried he's not been taking his medication in, in the way he should be. She's beginning to think, you know, this kind of combination of what she's observing with Fred, is that because the Crohn's disease is flaring up? The practice that Fred goes to has a, you know, has a structured and sort of systematic approach of recognizing older people with sort of complex needs and prioritizing their access to care, which, which is really good. She's able to get some tests organized and those blood tests and, and the fecal tests confirm he's got active Crohn's disease. An intestinal ultrasound shows inflammation in the distal ileum and there's also thickness of the bowel wall. So again, that's kind of further evidence that there's this active disease going on. And so having acknowledged that this is this is what's going on, there's some interventions that take place. So you know, it's commenced on oral steroids and some nutritional supplements to try and catch back some of that, that weight loss reinduced on the injections in a supported way so with, with the support of the nurses and the pharmacist has been involved as part of the care team to make it easier for Fred to take his medication and so they're now being packed in a Webster pack and, and so a number of interventions not only around the technical medical stuff and the medication but that supportive element to give Fred a sense of better well-being but to support you know, active management. So hopefully we don't get into this relapse situation again, because we know his with increasing frailty and the confusion, it, it's perhaps going to happen again. When we're really thinking about uh, inflammatory bowel disease in older people, some of the factors we really want to be thinking about uh, with respect to early detection are, are listed on this slide. Now, you know, a new diagnosis of inflammatory bowel disease in an older person is atypical, but it, it's not uncommon. And so we still would want to be considering an infection, irritable bowel syndrome, as well as inflammatory bowel disease in our differential. Uh, but in an older person, I guess we want to, you know, the, the probability of a colorectal cancer increases. And, and therefore, you know, that's perhaps higher up in our list of differential diagnosis as well. The fecal calprotestin level, again, it's, it's a useful tool, but it's not on its own strong enough. So we really want to look at that, you know, that, that holistic history, the examination and what the rest of the investigations are showing. So we want to sort of look at it as in, in a holistic way. When it is new onset, the disease may be mild. And so we made the subacute or subtle in its onset. The other thing we want to really be looking at with IBD in old, older people is that because of the comorbidities we talked about earlier, the, the needs may be more complex and maybe broader than the condition itself. And so there may be elements of carer stress. And so we really want to be assessing that carer burden. Thing we need to think about is prevention. So here we want to take a holistic approach again. We want to think about all vaccinations. We want to be thinking about health checks and screening. You know, thinking about snaps. We want to be thinking about smoking, uh, nutrition, physical activity, alcohol. Get an increased prevalence of m mental health issues as we get older, but also 
as the number of morbidities increase and therefore screening for that and, and screening for depression and undertaking a psychological screening again is, is really important. We saw in Fred he had had a fall. We really want to prevent a fall where we can and so we really want to be looking at falls prevention but if there is still an ongoing risk of a fall we want to prevent harm and, and fracture risk from that fall and so you know looking for and diagnosing osteoporosis through bone mineral density screening is important and earlier we talked about you know the higher risk of cancers in older people and so we really want to be thinking about the, the the cancer screening element the australian college of gps has a, a book on prevention and you know all those elements i think apply to this group so Emma, from a specialist perspective, what would you say are the key takeouts for managing inflammatory bowel disease in older people? Uh, thanks, Paresh. So I think the really key and, and, and important issues for this older patient group, uh, I think the point about uh, IBD nurses, uh, once again, they are a wealth of knowledge and certainly can be very helpful in terms of coordinating care for older patients, um, for example, where they might need training or supervision in administering uh, injection medications and things like that. Uh, certainly, I think what we've highlighted about older patients sometimes also having uh, other members of their family, for example, their, their daughter, like in this case, or um, carers can also be involved in the patient's care and uh, administering medications and remembering uh, other medications or other conditions that the patient might have. And also, I think in this patient group, just highlighting that uh, the vaccinations that are important, um, for example, the, the pneumococcal vaccine and things like that. So I think you know, as as always, there's great teamwork that goes on between specialists and GPs. And so we'd like you to think about what will you do to ensure you're providing optimal person-centered care to people who, who, who live with inflammatory bowel disease across the different ages and stages. Thank you. This podcast series is produced by AgPal as part of a consortium with Crohn's and Colitis Australia and the Gastroenterological Society of Australia as part of an Australian government grant. In our next episode of Poo&A, Dr Paresh Dorda and Dr Aviv Kudupedi will continue to discuss patients with complex care needs, this time with a focus on how to detect, refer and triage. For more resources, including a suite of e-learning modules and live e-workshops, head to Crohn's and Colitis Australia Gutsmart website. Follow the link in the podcast description. We support GPs in diagnosing and treating IBD and assist patients to get the support they need from a gastroenterologist to live their best lives with the significant lifelong condition. If you liked this podcast, please help us by leaving five-star review and sharing the podcast with other healthcare professionals. Smell you later.